You're listening to The Skift Podcast. The short-term rental industry has experienced a major boom coming out of the pandemic, driven in large part by the surge in remote work. But what does the future hold? Especially since the sector's enormous recent growth may not be sustainable. Today on the podcast, we feature some select moments of industry executives speaking at the recent Skift Short-Term Rental Summit, offering their thoughts about what comes next, along with commentary from the Skift moderators that joined them on stage in New York. For more like this or to join us at the next Skift event, visit live.skift.com. Enjoy the conversation. Hello. My name is Srividya Kalyan Raman, and I'm the short-term rental reporter at Skift. Earlier this month, I spoke with Brian Egan, co-founder and CEO of Evolve, and Henrik Kjellberg, group CEO of Aves at the Skift's Short-Term Rental Summit, about the growing supply and opportunities for owners in the STR space and the current state of industry. I want to talk a little bit about business. Is Aves is an institution, and Evolve, you've had, you've been around for a while. You understand We're the market. We're institution. Is that what I'm <laughs> yes. taking from this? Okay. Fair <laughs> no, enough, but fair you've enough. been around. There's, there's history. You understand the, you've understood the market. And um, there's a lot of chatter in every call. We, we talk about how, how do we balance cash flow and scale. So how do you do that right now in, in this market? I know Evolve recently had a round of layoffs. And where do you see the market now? And how, how are you preparing for what you see? Yeah, I mean, you know, addressing the, the layoff directly, that's, you know, first of all, super hard, and it should be, and a direct result of the largest economic dislocation we've gone through in 15 years since the great financial crisis. In my mind, you know, as much as, as, a, as a founder, co-founder, CEO, of course, the, the zero interest rate uh, world and the valuations that came with it were kind of fun to, to throw around, but I think this is a much healthier climate. You know, it does not incentivize diseconomic behavior. And I think everybody now realizes gravity exists and we have to be you know, pursuing profitable, durable growth. That's a good thing. That's what our category should be doing. By the way, there's nothing new here, right? I mean, businesses have always been worth a discounted current view mm-hmm. of their future cash flow. <laughs> so I think that the trade-off between profitability and growth is like, we're being reminded of it, but this mm-hmm. is not a new phenomenon. And I think, again, one that the faster that we come to grips with that as an industry and not sort of pursue growth just by you know, uh, lighting large piles of money on fire, the better off we're all going to be. For us right now, we have plenty left to do in the markets where we are, and and um, happy to you know, stay busy in, in, in our lane for now. So you're saying that wider is not bigger. So you want to go deep. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think it just makes more economic sense when you're, when you're property managing, when you're doing things. Um, there are economic, we, we heard from Saunders before, like, you know, it's easier to have a building than two rooms in a building, and the same applies to a market. It, it's better for us to have another uh, X amount of properties in a given market where we are because we get, you know, we get more scale benefits from it. That's not to say, however, that I think, you know, over time, everything in travel has ended up going global. Um, so I think, you know, in the sort of medium to long term, yes, of course, this, this industry as well is going to become globalized. Brian's point about the valuation of business was that it's always been about the balance, but also the trade-off between profit and growth. Also, Hendrik's insight about the globalized future of short-term rental speaks to the inevitable nature of travel going global. 
Here I am again, Dennis Schall, founding editor of Skift. I interviewed Rob Graber, the CEO of Acasa, and Tim Rosolio, VP of Partner Success at Expedia's Verbo, about how they work together and whether the partnership they have has any conflicts. Well, I think uh, there's, there's sort of a codependent relationship going on between you two. Tim, you want Vacasso to, to uh, get more of that Verbo drug to, you know, to, to distribute more through you. Rob, um, in your heart of hearts, you want a little less Verbo, don't you? <laughs> uh, I mean, 70% of your gross bookings last year were through third parties, something like that. So how do you uh, view this uh, dynamic? Well, we think about channel partnerships in a, in a you know, in, in a pretty, um, we like to think of it in a very constructive way. So I think it's, it's very healthy for any business to have its own direct relationship with customers. But I think when we think about diversified sources of demand, different customer types that, uh, that would be harder for us to reach efficiently, having these deep channel relationships is really important. So for us, it's not a, you know, it's not a zero sum game. There are lots of opportunities for us to work closely with partners. Um, even as we continue to invest in Vacasa.com, having strong channel relationships with partners like, like Expedia and Verbo and Airbnb and, and, and Booking.com and others helps us to really reach all of the customers that we want and have a diversified base of demand in, uh, in all of our markets. Hey, it's Seth Borko. I'm a director at CF Research. This summer, Marriott launched its 32nd brand while Sonder continues to operate just a single brand, even as it expands into new markets. I asked Sonder CEO Francis Davidson why that is and what building a hospitality brand means to him. I saw another question here about your brands. So you're now in, you want to do, you said you want to do a lot of things. You want to do maybe some camping stuff. You've got a resort, you've got hotels, you've got short term rentals. Marriott has 32 brands. Sonder has one. Do you need more brands to kind of differentiate your value proposition as you grow? Yeah, we think that this uh, having a lot of brands can actually become a little bit confusing to the customer. And what's most important is to show what exactly is it that you're getting when you're looking at a specific property. So I think gone are the pre-internet days where you really needed, say, a holiday end to mean a very specific thing. Um, you know, the brand can communicate more of a philosophy, which for us is being designed forward, which is being you know tech-driven and therefore offering a modern service experience. So those are the things that we really focus on. When it comes to you know, the form factors of the properties that we offer, our website does a really good job communicating that. You know if you're, you're staying in an apartment or a hotel or how many bedrooms or what's the style or which part of the city you're in, that's all very easily communicated. And so we don't feel the need to have you know, a plethora of brands. Sonder is a company that's pushing the boundaries between what's an alternative and what's a traditional accommodation. They now offer short-term rentals, hotels, and they're even getting to resorts. It's quite interesting that they continue to expand while maintaining one brand built around the principles of design and technology. It's certainly doing something different, and let's hope it works out for them. I had a conversation with the boss of Red Awning, Tim Choate and his counterpart at VTrip, Steve Milo. Both companies are vacation rental property managers, but they take different approaches to their businesses. And so I needled them by asking them, which one has the better business model? So you both dabble in some of the same spaces, but you, know, you do things a little differently. So Tim, tell us what your core business is and what your business model is and how you think it might be different than Steve's. 
Oh, that's, well, that's actually kind of easy. We're today a complete platform for property manager success. We start with channels and marketing on channels and doing that really, really well. How do we help your guests with check-in or how do we act as a backup phone service for you or how do we do dynamic pricing? Um, it's a comprehensive package at our core and then we work with different clients of different sizes depending on what their needs are. Steve, your turn. Compare and contrast. Well, I think Tim did a good job of describing the, the business they're in. It's a, obviously a useful service. What we do which is far harder, is end-to-end -end service. So we're exclusive property management company. We manage the entire operational component of the guest journey, and we do it uh, for the owner for a commission. So which business model wins? Which, you know, which one is better to be in? Or is there room for both? I well, think there's you need room for both. I mean, clearly, there's always room for a company that can drive um, distribution and marketing, there's going to be a subsection of property managers and rent-by-owners that want those services. If you're, actually, if you're talking about what drives the maximum shareholder value, it's exclusive end-to-end -end property management. You look at the companies that won in the hotel space, they controlled the end-to-end -end process. The Hiltons, the Hyatts, the Marriott's, the way they got there was controlling the end-to-end -end process. They controlled the cleaning, the maintenance, the guest experience the uh, owner experience of the uh, PropCo, they controlled it all. And because they controlled it all, they gained scale. And what we're interested in V-Trips is maximizing shareholder value at a very high level. Tim, what do you say about that? Well, tech multiples are not property management multiples. Let's just say that. The, uh, you know, we, we don't talk EBITDA of three and four and five and eight. It's EBITDA of 40 and 50 and 100. Um, so it's, um, it's different. Um, so I think that, um, but I also agree with Steve that exclusivity of property is where you can create the most value. Who has control of the end property ultimately wins in many ways. Um, uh, but in terms of financial model wise, when and if we ever sell, it'll be on a multiple that's more of a growth tech multiple, which is just a different category. So much has been made about technology as a differentiator in the vacation rental management space. So I asked Steve Milo of VTrips, what can tech do and what can tech not do? Fair questions, right? Steve, if you want to comment on AI or what can tech do and not do in this industry? Well, tech can't run operations. I think there's a company in this space that thought that. Um, look, I mean, at the end of the day, Part of this industry is about the touch point of the guest, and that requires maintenance and housekeepers and all the things that if you've ever gone into a hotel, you see they do, and many of these hotels do it incredibly well. I do think on the marketing, the distribution, uh, revenue management, those are things that AI will improve, right? I think some of the tier one guest communication can be improved. I think even tier one owner communication can be improved. We're not trying to be a tech company. We don't have an army of software engineers at V-Trips. But we do use best of breed um, companies, some that are here, um, that we partner with who are you know, making heavy bets in AI. And those are the companies that are very smart, that their core competency actually is technology. And that's, those are who we like to partner with. At the Skip Short-Term Rental Summit, 
I had the pleasure of moderating a panel discussion about how blending of travel is transforming stays. On the panel was Alex Hatzielefteru, CEO and co-founder of Blue Ground, Jason Fuden, CEO and co-founder of Placemaker, and Hina Patel, Senior Vice President of Global Rental Operations at Travel and Leisure. On two large brands entering the mid-scale relocation space, how do you compete and what are your advantages over branded distribution? On the, on the point of uh, competition and market size, I right. think. So again, going to the, everyone has a bit of a different space. Mm-hmm. So we're on the, I'm going to say it again, just to <laughs> not confuse with monthly <laughs> furnished rentals, right? Yeah. So if you look at the residential supply, right now about 3% of the residential real estate supply is furnished. Okay. So we think that will go up to 15%. Even the, the biggest real estate players that we work with, the rich of the world, they expect that to be uh, much larger. We have a different view of how the world will evolve. So we think okay. that um, today where you see in cities, um, you know, high-rise apartment buildings going up or hotels, if you build real estate, you know that what you do is you figure out what the land is worth by how much money can I make on a hotel or an apartment. Mm-hmm. And what we expect to have happen over time is um, the highest and best use to build is going to be blended apartment-style hotels. Okay. And so you're not going to see conventional multifamily buildings go up or Marriott's conventional products. In the cities, you're seeing people look at converting hotels to apartments. Mm-hmm. And then in the exurbs and tertiary markets, you're looking at the other way around mm-hmm. um, because uh, in hospitality, there's a lot of opportunity. So like, it, and then it'll flip again, mm-hmm. and then it'll flip again. How big is that vacation rental aspect within travel and leisure? Because usually it's synonymous with timeshares, and I know that you're trying to kind of make that distinction. So what goes into that? So, you know, our primary businesses are the timeshare business and the exchange business, right? The benefit of having a vacation rental product that lives between these two is when owners aren't traveling, when, um, you know, owners want to list their, their products for rent or when, um, you know, we don't have an exchanger using their inventory or we have a closed, u- closed user group that wants to use different inventory that gives us the flexibility of being able to use that inventory and monetize it. And, and whether you're monetizing it back for the owners or for the HOAs, you're giving them a benefit back to right. the unused space. And do you find that it is challenging to kind of make sure that the reputation of timeshares doesn't kind of trail back or negatively impact this new uh, category that you're working on? Yeah, you know, I think we're distinctly trying to change the impression of timeshare (laughs) because it's always been one of those weird words that people think timeshare as it's that week in Myrtle Beach that I go to every single year and it's a one bedroom and really timeshare has evolved from that. a points-based system. You have the flexibility of going all over the world. You have the flexibility of exchanging into product that's outside of the brands that you're in. Mm. And and being able to get people in on the front end to experience it and then see the benefit of growth and ownership is the key. Extended stay is where a lot of the industry's interest lies right now. We have Blue Ground preparing to offer year-long stays, Marriott with its own extended stay brand, Meanwhile, Travel and Leisure is working on adapting timeshares to suit blended travel better. You know, at Skift, we're obsessed with the future of everything. So I asked Steve Milo of VTrips and Tim Choate of Red Awning what they see as the next big things in the vacation rental property management sector. 
What do you think is the next big thing in your sector, and what are you excited about? I mean, it's, it's, it's what LT talked about. It's uh, Opco, Propco. So VTrips is starting to work closely with developers on um, Propco. I was just at a couple meetings in uh, Monday and Tuesday on uh, forming a Propco fund. Uh, we think this is a big part. Look, product. Let's talk about product. We all know that part of the biggest problems with guest satisfaction is the product is not optimized, right? In many cases, we talk about vacation homes. They're retrofitted second homes. And those second homes were never really built to be a vacation rental. Imagine this product if you were to design it from the beginning and truly make it a true guest experience, right? So that means smaller bedrooms, smaller closets, smaller bathrooms, but bigger open areas, bigger kitchens, the product in general being built from the, from the ground floor up to maximize occupancy, guest experience, and revenue. If you do that, we crush the hotels. This has been the Skift Podcast. You can watch full videos of all the sessions from the Skift Short-Term Rental Summit on the official Skift YouTube channel, including the session that Steve Milo referenced of Lawrence L.T. Tosi, managing partner and founder of Westcap, speaking to Skift founder and CEO Rafid Ali about the state of the industry after the boom. Thank you for listening.